This is your place's call. Welcome to Theatrical Thoughts, um, episode one. I'm Emily Wyra. And I'm Jessica Fight. Jesse, it's episode one of our podcast. I know, it's so exciting. I can't believe that we're finally getting to do this. We've been planning this for a while, and I'm really excited that we're finally getting to get this going and talk a bunch about musicals and how they've impacted people and this crazy COVID world that we're living in. Um, but yeah, it's a big day, episode one. Very exciting stuff. All right, are you ready to dive in, Jesse? Let's do it. All right, so one of the things that we think we're gonna do, um, this week it's just us because we wanted to give you guys a chance to get to know us and hear a little bit about our stories and our journeys with theater. Um, if you haven't listened to our trailer yet, we'd highly recommend we break down a little bit more about what we're gonna be talking about in the future. Um, but for today, it's just us, you know, little old us. I know Jesse's just so thrilled. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but we're actually best friends. And we actually didn't become best friends until we were in the pandemic, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, it's kind of weird that we started, you know, becoming best friends through a global pandemic. But yeah, like who would expect that out of casual. all things? <laughs> but here's the story. So we've actually known each other for a few years now. We've yeah. done shows together but we never were really friends and then in March I think it was we were double casted in something rotten junior as the same part and we decided we wanted to get to know each other a little bit better and as we were talking we're like oh wow we're pretty much the same person and I remember like what was it it was early it was early in the rehearsal process because we were set to open something rotten in like May. So we, when the pandemic, when everything first shut down, we were pretty sure maybe we'd still get to put up this show in May. But um, I remember it was like the very beginning of quarantine and we had just exchanged phone numbers and it was like first virtual rehearsal, which was a whole new world for us. And right after rehearsal, we like FaceTimed. And for some reason we just like swapped life stories. Yeah, like we just expected to kind of just like chat like get to know each other a little bit better, but then we kind of like started pouring our life stories out to each other. Cause we were like, oh. This person, she gets it. (laughs) Literally. And ever since then, we've just, we got so much closer. We talk all the time and we don't live as close as we like to, but we still see each other all the time from a distance, of course, because make sure you use social distance. Wear your masks so that we can get back to doing what we all love. (laughs) But we never in a million years thought that through a pandemic, we would like really meet each other and become best friends. Yeah. I think that our story, it's a weird one, but it kind of, to me, it champions what this whole, what theater's all about. You know, it's, we came through this, I hate to say like traumatic event, but it's true for our generation. This is really a wild time for every generation. It's a really wild time. Yeah. But um, everyone's missing out on things that no one would have thought was going to happen. Yeah, for sure. And just, I think that meeting you, it's like one of those, again, I hate to say silver linings, but it's true. You know, there were things that I couldn't have expected would come out of this pandemic that, you know, we got so much closer and I've known you. It's not like we haven't been in the same circle. We have the same, a lot of same friends, but you know, it was really, really got the chance to know each other. Yeah. So I think that this is like a good, a good time for us. And even though it's been a whole weird experience, you know, it's, it's cool that we got to get to know each other more and through a virtual production, no less. I mean, who knows, this could be the future of theater for the foreseeable future. So 
Yeah. And we're so lucky that we've gotten to pursue theater during these crazy times. We've done some outdoor productions together. We've done a bunch of virtual stuff together. So shout out to our favorite director, Lindsay Marin, for helping keep yes. theater alive during these crazy times. Lindsay is the greatest. I don't know what I would do without her in these times. I mean, seriously, if you are in need of some sanity, definitely go check out all of her productions recently. They've been amazing. Basically <laughs> art therapy. <laughs> All right, Jesse. I think that we gotta do we gotta do our segment. We gotta do what we're if we're gonna subject our guests to this in the future. We have to do it ourselves. Oh God! <laughs> I'm scared. So I'll let you explain it. So we think that it's important that if we're gonna you know talk to you guys for who knows how long that you kind of understand a little bit about our background and what have you. But um, we could talk about our life story forever as we learned on that like what two hour Facetime that. Oh, that, it was definitely met. more. It was definitely longer. <laughs> a long time. Um, so we're going to give you, as we're going to ask our guests to do once we, um, in our next few episodes, 60 second life story. The cliff note version. <laughs> Don't leave out the awesome parts. Just hit us with it, Jesse. Are you ready for your 60 second life story? I guess so. <laughs> okay. Ready? Go. Hi, everyone. So as you know, I'm Jesse. Um, I'm a junior in high school at Fusion Academy Morristown, but I actually started here a little over a year ago. I didn't go here for all of high school. I used to go to Livingston High School, but transferred to Fusion in the middle of my sophomore year, which ended up being the best decision I've ever made. I also started taking American Sign Language this year, which has become my new passion in life, like you wouldn't imagine, and it's what I want to pursue. My absolute dream would to be would be to be an interpreter on Broadway. That'd be so cool. Um, this past May, I started a nonprofit called Pictures for a Purpose, where I make custom drawings with all proceeds going to the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. So check us out on Instagram if you would like pictures purpose. Um, and I absolutely love theater, as I've said. So I'm just so excited to be a part of this podcast with Emily. Back to you, Em. <laughs> Jesse, you actually finished in a minute now. I feel the pressure to. <laughs> oh, I'm going to time it. <laughs> oh, well, um, also great self plug. Definitely would recommend checking out Pictures for a Purpose. Jesse does some really cool work. And I think that it, I just, you're so inspiring. I think that the coolest thing that you get to do that and raising money for such a great, incredible cause. Um, but yeah, definitely check her out. Near and dear. I, um, I've purchased one or two drawings in my in the past oh, six months. <laughs> I'm kind of addicted. It's a little bit of a problem, but it's fine. <laughs> We'd love if you check this out. It all money goes to the Crohn's and Clyde's Foundation, a foundation that is near and dear to our hearts. So feel free to check us out and reach out. Jesse also does some really cool theatery drawings, which is fun. Yes. And we could do any drawings that you request. So <laughs> now that we've sufficiently <laughs> plugged you. Okay, I'm scared. Ready? I'm ready. Ready? Yeah. Go. Okay. Um, I am born and raised in New Jersey. I've lived in the same place my entire life. Um, I was kind of shy as a kid, but my parents really raised me on music. So my biggest influences were like classic rock and jazz music. Um, anything by the Beatles was like the soundtrack to my childhood. Bruce Springsteen, my dad would always be singing that when he was grilling. That's beside the point. When I was maybe six, um, I found, I discovered the sound of music. Um, and I fell in love with it. That was like my entire world. So 
because of that, when I was seven, my parents took me to see my first Broadway show. It was The Lion King. I was mesmerized. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the, that day was insane, changed my life. Um, fell in love with the city, still in love with the city. Um, yeah. Um, I discovered journalism when I was in, I think, seventh grade, and that's really what I'm the most passionate about. I'm passionate about telling people's stories, and I've always been a writer, so it kind of combines everything in my life. Oh, God, I'm running out of time. Um, I'm now in high school. I'm the feature editor of my school newspaper. I hold a bunch of internships. I'm still in love with New York City, and now I perform because it makes me really happy, and that's my life story. <laughs> Did I do it? In 59 seconds. So Woo! <laughs> talk so fast in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so that is just one of the many segments that we'll be doing when we bring on guests. So hope you enjoyed a little look into our life story. But yeah, I, Jessie's life story is much more interesting than mine. I, I mean, really not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's like, oh, you're starting a nonprofit. I'm like, so I really like music, <laughs> theater and writing. <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> but I mean, speaking of falling in love with theater, Jesse, how did you fall in love with the theater? Well, this is actually a story that I love to tell people. It took place when I was only four years old. Wait, have I heard this story? I'm probably, but let's see. Let's see. <laughs> favorite stories. So I was four years old and my cousin was directing a, what, her first show. Actually, I think it was her second show. It was her second show. Jesse, get your um, facts straight. <laughs> I have to get my facts straight. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was her second show, and she asked me if I wanted to audition, and I was like, no, and that was kind of it. Because um, I I was a four-year-old soccer player that I was not good at sports, still I'm not. That's... <laughs> I have a hard time imagining you doing sports. I, yeah, it, it was not pretty. Um <laughs> And then, so we kind of dropped it. And then a few weeks later, we were at our grandparents' house and we, the two of us just went into a room and she's like, Jesse, do you want to learn a song? And I was like, okay. Like I was four. I didn't know what I was doing. And then, so we were in there for a little while. And then I came out and I was like, mom, I want to audition for the show. I don't know what happened in there. I really don't remember. I was four, but there was something in it that as I was learning the song, it just clicked with me and it became my favorite thing in life. And I've been performing ever since. So it changed my life. Wow. I haven't heard that story. What? That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. A story that I haven't heard, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> and she knows everything about my life. So this is pretty That's true. Crazy. Big stuff. Wow. So four years old. So when did you see your first Broadway show? I think I saw it that same year. I saw The Little Mermaid on Broadway. That was my first show. Oh, I wouldn't have given to see that show. What would I give? <laughs> I can't speak. <laughs> um, fun fact, we were also just in a show called Faith Trust Pixie Dust, where we both played Disney princesses and I played Ariel and she played Anna from Frozen. Oh, full circle for you. Full circle. So what? Little Mermaid vibes everywhere I go. Little Mermaid vibes. <laughs> Okay, now Emily, tell us how you fell in love with either. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, like I said, um, when I was maybe six, yeah, I think I was six. I, I don't remember if it was like the cast album or if it was the movie, but for some reason or another, my mom had me listen to The Sound of Music. And um, I was, I, yeah, I think I was six. And um, 
I just remember for no apparent reason, I felt very attached to it. <laughs> and um, I was just absolutely obsessed with it. It was just my, my whole universe just suddenly became, I, I must listen to The Sound of Music. It was the best thing ever to exist, ever. I still stand by it. It's one of my favorite shows. It means a lot to me now, obviously. Oh, okay, so here's a question. Who's your favorite Von Trapp? Oh my God. <laughs> that made me pick. That's so cruel. <laughs> okay, well- even though it's kind of a problematic tune, I love singing 16 going on 17. So I agree. I you know, agree. I gotta, I gotta stand by that, man. <laughs> you know? And fun fact, you are 16 going I on. I am indeed. I'm 16 going on 17 Crazy. or 16 living in paradise. We don't know. Oh yeah. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All sorts of good songs. Oh my God. How many yeah. songs could we name with 16 and then probably a billion? Probably those two. Those are. <laughs> probably name a million. I would name those two. <laughs> I Honestly, wow, now I'm gonna have to think about this. I'm gonna come back to you on this at some point. <laughs> okay, but continue. We're gonna like get it. off track a lot because this just happens when we talk. It's just, you know, a million different subjects. But yeah. um but yeah, so I was absolutely obsessed with sound of music. So when I um when I was seven, my parents took me to see The Lion King on Broadway. That was my first show. Um and I, I remember going to Times Square because my parents, like, I was very overwhelmed in the city at first. I was not a fan. I got very overstimulated as a kid. So I remember being in the city and I was just like, there's too much going on. Like, this, this is not the wave. Was not here for it. Um, and I remember being in Times Square and I was just like really anxious because I was just, there was so much happening all at once and that wasn't good for me. Um, and then my parents took me to like the Disney store in Times Square, you know, the really big one with like the two floors. And I, um, I was a big Disney kid. That was always my thing. We would go to Disney all the time. We're now like very much regular Disney nerds. So huge Disney nerds. Uh, (laughs) I miss, I miss Disney world a lot. Pandemic was supposed to go this year, but you know, Corona. We're not going to talk about it. (laughs) We're not going to talk about it. We're not bitter. (laughs) Um, but I remember like going up, I remember going up like the the lanterns in the Times Square location of the Disney store. And I was like, wow, this is so great. New York is so magical. <laughs> and I, I was at, I saw the Lion King and I remember distinctly just being in that theater and like eating my Pringles because I always get Pringles at Broadway shows because I don't really like candy. <laughs> I always have to have chocolate. <laughs> See, I'm said Pringles and like that really sour lemonade. You know what I'm talking about? Like the one where they put it in the souvenir cup and it's like that. Oh sour. yeah. <laughs> I, I miss that so much now. <laughs> okay. I miss Broadway lotteries. Oh, you're the queen of Broadway lotteries, so we can talk oh, about that. Yeah, that, um, that'll be on another that'll be another That'll be another another story for another time. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I remember coming out of the show and I was just like, I love this so much. Um then we went to John's Pizza, which is the best restaurant in the entire world. I go there every time I see a show. <laughs> except for the time I saw Jarvin Hansen, I didn't get John's, which was <gasps> I know, horrifying, <laughs> very <laughs> tragic. But um, it became a tradition for every Labor Day weekend, every year we would go see a Broadway show. And that's what we started doing. And then what was it? When I was in fourth grade, I saw Wicked for the first time and I became obsessed with Wicked as every theater kid has to go through their Wicked phase at some point. Of right? course, if, if you haven't belted Defying Gravity in your shower, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> Clearly, I don't think you can even call yourself a theater kid. <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw Wicked a bunch of times and that was my first like obsession of a musical. Yeah. And, um, but I, I fully stand by, I fell in love with musical theater. I was on a car ride to Buffalo, um, Buffalo, New York. It was like an eight hour car ride from where I live. And um, 
it was right around when Hamilton came out. It was like a few months after the Tony Awards. My mom and I were like, ah, oh, you know, this, this show Hamilton, you know, I was like a casual theater fan at this point. Mm-hmm. And I listened to Hamilton. I just remember just, I could, it was like, you ever have one of those moments where you just like see your life change and you're just like, oh, yeah. oh this is the moment. Like, this is something that's going to happen. I just, oh, I yeah. could pinpoint so many details from that car ride. It was a very vivid memory. The first time hearing like my shot, I was just, whoo, the world yes. changed. Um, so seeing Hamilton for the first time, I, it was 2018. So it was right before my freshman year of high school. And I just, I like couldn't speak for like an hour afterwards. I was just so taken aback. So I'm pretty sure that that's the day that I truly fell in love with musical theater. And I started performing in my freshman year. Hamilton's been so huge for both of us. Fun fact, when I was in seventh grade, my bat mitzvah theme was based off of the Hamilton logo. And we had a lot of Hamilton music playing that night. So it's been really impactful for both of us. I think that all of Lin-Manuel Miranda's musicals are impactful on the Broadway community, but certainly oh, yeah. our lives. Yeah, but we're going to talk more about Lin-Manuel Miranda on our next episode. Yeah, we will. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, let's see, performing-wise, so our first show that we did together was a production of the school edition of Les Miserables. Oh, yeah. We weren't even in the same cast. I think we maybe talked once, maybe. Yeah, I think like what, once or twice. I had like a concept of who you were, but only through mutual friends. It was yeah, because <laughs> we'd never done a show together before. We were in different casts. And that was my first show ever. So I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> oh yeah, my, my first show was when I was four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're an old pro. <laughs> uh, just like been there, done that. <laughs> But yeah, and then our second show together was Legally Blonde. <gasps> Which, fun fact, is my favorite show ever. And my dream role is to play Elle Woods. So, fun Jesse, fact about do you, me. Do you want to play Elle Woods? Oh, did I never tell you that? I'm just so <laughs> taken aback. This isn't common knowledge to the entire world population. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Also, we're very sarcastic with each other, which you will, I'm sure, notice. <laughs> Us? Sarcastic? <laughs> you can't see them rolling my eyes at her. <laughs> true, this is true. But yeah, Legally Blonde, that was, that was quite a summer. That was an incredible show. I mean, I feel like that was when I first really felt connected to the theater community. I felt like these are, these are my people, you know, these oh, are yeah. the humans, these are... Yeah, and I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna be talking about this all the time. But oh, I'm sure. for both of us, theater has created some such a sense of community and family that especially for me, I never found in school. Like my friends would mostly be athletes, which I don't do. Like I'm not an athlete in the slightest. So once I found my people, like it definitely just clicked. Like theater like my theater family just became my community where I felt my happiest, safest. And I think it goes for both of us. We both found it in very different ways, but if it wasn't for theater, we would never would have met. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think that when I, I, I've said this to my theater friends a lot, but when I'm with my, my theater people, I feel like I'm, I'm most authentic. You know, I'm the closest to who I think I actually am and getting to kind of just shed that and express myself in that way. And I think it's interesting. It's a common misconception that actors like we're always having an identity crisis. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if anything, I feel like I'm always having an identity crisis anywhere but the theater. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's where everything just kind of feels clearer when you're with those people. And 
it's a it's a magical thing and I think that experiencing it even from an audience perspective like one of the things that I I feel like we're all missing right now with this Broadway shutdown and this our, our inability to perform live is um that feeling when you're in that theater with a bunch of strangers and you you don't know what you're about to experience but you start to hear the overture and you're just I feel like a tingle of excitement yeah and and you're experiencing this and you're about to go on this journey for two and a half hours or however long the show is if it's a 60 minute or whatever with these complete strangers and you're all about to go on this like emotional experience and you're all on the same page suddenly and then uh, you're never going to see each other again and it's crazy because you have that exact same experience whether it's on broadway or a community theater show and that's one of the reasons that emily and i love theater so much because it has such an impact on everyone and as our favorite director again lindsey Marin, likes to say this is the only time you'll be performing with these people in front of these audience with this cast so you really do have to treasure every moment and we realize how lucky we are to have found a community where we have that experience because not everyone does so we're really lucky to have that yeah our director gives a speech before every show and i don't think i've ever not at least teared up slightly (laughs) (laughs) i think it's like it's like her truest I mean she's the most talented person in a lot of ways but her she's very skilled at making me cry very quickly (laughs) but yeah performing is a gift and theater is a gift and I feel like those words started holding more and more weight as I started you know missing it more I think Mm -hmm. I think that especially right now we're all missing it a lot but we've gotten little tastes of it which has been just indispensable for us both yeah because it really made us appreciate theater in a way that we didn't even know was possible once it shut down but we're so lucky that we've been able to still have virtual experiences during a time when like a year ago today I don't think any of us could even imagine doing a virtual production so the fact that we've been so lucky to do it like almost without even skipping a beat is just incredible yeah we really did we shifted from a very regimented rehearsal process you know we're very used to very structured. This is how we do our shows. This is the timeline. I think that a lot of people who are involved in this art form are very used to, you know, first rehearsal, your music rehearsal, then you go into your blocking and maybe you have a couple of music brush-ups and your choreo brush-ups, and then you go into tech and that's very regimented. You show up at this time, you do the thing. It's very strict. You oftentimes, you know, order Blaze Pizza to the theater. Of course. (laughs) And then it's opening night. And then you have to make sure that you keep that fresh in your mind if it's a two weekend or a longer run, because, you know, you could have instances where you casually forget parts of the show or the course of the week and you have to rehearse them in your head. Um, I think that going from that sort of very clear, this is how you do a show to all of a sudden flipping that on its head and saying, well, just kidding, it's a global pandemic, let's do a show in a way that you've never considered before. I think that the theater community really had to adapt and they had to adapt really quickly because I mean, nobody could have anticipated this happening. It's been truly eye-opening, but it's also been, like, although we really miss performing live, like it's been such an incredible experience to witness just the whole Broadway community in general, just, instead of laying back and feeling defeated, finding new ways to perform and still feel connected with the community. Cause it's not like we're just missing out on theater, like live theater, it's the sense of community and being together. That's like a whole different experience. Yeah. I think that um, one of the things that stands out to me, one of my 
virtual experiences outside of our theater company, Jesse actually won this giveaway for this um this workshop with a um a Broadway performer, and um she you couldn't go for some reason, I go. No. and um so she was like, hey um do you wanna do you wanna take this giveaway? I mean there's a spot. Do you want it? And I took it, and. I, I had never actually been to one of these like workshop things with a with a Broadway performer. Like I know that you've done a couple before, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I had never performed in some front of somebody who's, you know, been on that stage. So I was really nervous for this, but it really stood out to me because I'm sitting here and I'm like, wow, I'm sitting on a Zoom call with a bunch of performers and a bunch of people who are passionate about what I'm doing, and we're all connected. And we're all from different parts of the country, and we're all doing this together. And in a weird way, it's like, yes, we're all apart. But there are certain ways in which theater has this unique ability to bring people together. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. You know, it's just that that magic of it. Absolutely. But yeah, throughout this pandemic, I think that just the unique ways that we're finding ways to keep theater alive is, and I know that this is going to be kind of the point of this whole podcast, but there are just so many different ways that we have found in our experiences that keep us connected to the theater community in ways that we didn't think were possible. I mean, we just did this one production that was a really cool kind of COVID safe production of a show. I don't know if Jesse, you want to. Yeah, absolutely. So we just did the show, like what we said before, Face Trust and Pixie Dust, which was basically just a cabaret of different Disney songs. And we did it outside, which was pretty crazy, but was also really cool. But to make it really safe, all the performers recorded all of the audio beforehand and our amazing music director, Jeffrey Coe, put it all together and it just sounded amazing. It made us, it had a sense of normalcy, which was really cool. And we actually had a live performance where the audience was sitting outside with masks distant from each other. And also, as we said, we're huge Disney nerds. So the fact that we got to live out our Disney princess dreams was really cool. I played Ariel and Rapunzel and Emily played Anna and she sang one of Cinderella songs. So as Disney nerds, this was really cool for us. And we had never experienced anything remotely close to this before. So the fact that they got to do this was really a gift that we did not take for granted yeah I think that this show it was a it was a crazy experience because we kind of did hybrid rehearsals where we would rehearse some of the music stuff with um with Jeff and Lindsay online and talk through some of the storytelling aspects and talking through like the performing of it on zoom and then we would get in person and we would all be masked up and the all of the performances were super safe socially distant And um, in rehearsal, we would always be wearing masks and the music would be piped in. And um, I think that it was a really cool experience because again, it it had the sense of normalcy where you could go backstage and even though you were far away from your friends, you were in the same space as them. And um, it was a really cool experience. And I feel like me personally, as a performer, Jeff and Lindsay throughout that whole process, like I feel like I kind of found my footing as a performer during that process of just finding ways to be a storyteller, um, finding my soprano in that one Cinderella song, <laughs> finding my inner sop. But um, it was a really cool experience. And I think that that's something that I certainly had no clue was even a possibility for the world of theater. And I'm starting oh, to see like online, a couple of companies throughout the country doing sort of similar things. And I think that, I mean, I've seen virtual, I've seen all virtual fall plays. I've seen 
all virtual productions I've seen, again, hybrid productions, I've seen masked productions, I've seen socially distant productions, like there are so many, I've, I've watched them all online because I'm being very extra COVID cautious, but <laughs> I think that it's cool that there are just so many different ways that theater has evolved and is adapting in this crazy And like time. I said, like people aren't just taking, like just laying down, moping, like people are experimenting, finding new ways, which is, we think is so incredible. Well, I think that that marks the end of our first episode of Theatrical Thoughts. Thank you guys so much for joining us as we're rambling about musicals. And next time you guys are tuning in, we will be joined by a special guest. And we're going to be talking also about um, their journey in this whole pandemic. So stay tuned for that. And that'll be dropping um, two weeks from today. Um, so we're very excited. Um, we will continue with our 60 Second Life story once we bring on our guests. And we're also going to be doing a segment called Broadway Breakdown, where we're going to be talking about the cultural impact of a musical just with our guests and talking through, kind of geeking out a little bit about some musicals, because I know if there's anything I know, it's that Jesse and I can talk about musicals for a very long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone's going to be sick of it. But thank you so much for joining these two musical theater nerds on our rants of how much we love theater. <laughs> But yeah, so for now, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Um, the handle is at Theatrical Thoughts Podcast. Um, we're also on Twitter at Theatrical underscore pod. Um, be sure to like and um, subscribe to the podcast on wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you leave a rating um, so that we can start reaching more people and getting ourselves out there and all that jazz, if you will. <laughs> and all that we all that jazz <laughs> but um we are so excited about this and can't thank you enough for going on this journey with us and we will see you next time yes stay safe everyone and join us in a few weeks see you then bye